Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Well, I just want to welcome you uh, here to Restoration Church. This is your first time, second time, third time. I want to welcome you. We're so glad that you are here with us today. I also want to welcome you if you're watching online through YouTube or Facebook. We want to say thank you so much for tuning in here uh, today with us this morning. Uh, if you're new here or if you're first time here, uh, we've kind of been in a series on anxiety. We took a little pause on a series that we've been doing for almost, I think, two years going through the Gospel of Mark section by section. And we kind of put a little pause on that because I really felt like God wanted me to uh, really speak on this topic of anxiety. And so today is the last uh, installment or the last um, teaching message in the, uh, the anxiety series, The Struggle is Real. And so just to kind of give you a recap um, for week one, we talked about uh, what is anxiety, like what is biblical anxiety, and we're approaching anxiety from a biblical perspective. What does the Bible say? What does the scripture say? Because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. What, what does the scripture say? So what is anxiety? Uh, week number two, we talked about the source of anxiety, and really the ultimate source of anxiety is, um, is the fall. After the fall, after sin entered the world, I mean, everything just kind of blew up after that. Fear, worry, anxiety, disease, chaos, and ultimately, that's the source of anxiety. Last week, we talked about the effects of anxiety and how anxiety impacts our physical life, how anxiety impacts our relationships, and how anxiety impacts especially our spiritual lives, that we are holistic beings. And so today, I want to end the sermon series talking about what is the solution for anxiety. What is the solution for anxiety? And I, before we kind of get into it, I just want to take a few minutes to pause, quiet our hearts before the Lord and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God who cares. You're a God who loves unconditionally. You are a God who cares about the things that we care about, who gives us peace in the middle of the storm, who gives us joy even in our grief. And so, God, we honor you and we worship you today. We pray that you would speak to your people through the power of your Holy Spirit that indwells every single believer. Speak to us today, not through man's opinion, but through your holy, inerrant, infallible, authoritative word, God. Speak to your people today. Comfort them. Challenge them, God. Encourage them. Give them hope. Give them what they need today. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. And now as God people said, amen. Amen. As I was getting ready for this message, um, I kind of went on Google, right? Like that's the best way to like start any serious research is Google. So I went on Google and I typed in how to overcome anxiety or solutions for anxiety and so I kind of just looked at a bunch of different websites, and there's a ton of solutions to overcome anxiety. Uh, there was a bunch of solutions to overcome anxiety. Let me give you some examples. You know, one of them was just shout it out. Like whatever you're anxious about, just, just shout it out at the top of your lungs, you know. Uh, you know, I'm really anxious about the Cowboys winning today. So, you know, come on, Cowboys. Let's go. Any other Cowboy fans in here? Oh, it stinks for you guys. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, one of them was exercise. Like, hey, exercise to help you overcome anxiety. Another one was limit caffeine. 
One was get sleep, get a lot of sleep, eat healthy, uh, live in the moment, or think positively, like be a positive thinker. You know, there's power in, in positive thinking. And here's the thing. Well, I think those solutions are helpful uh, for some time, and I think they might be helpful in the moment. The truth is that these solutions, while they might be somewhat good, they are not the ultimate solution for our anxiety. And the reason why they are not the ultimate solution for our anxiety is because they don't address the ultimate source of our anxiety. And so here's the cool thing about the scriptures and about God is that we don't have to look out into the world to find the ultimate solutions for the issues in our life. We don't have to look out into the world to seek and get on Google or Wikipedia or whatever it is to look for the solution for anxiety because God gives it to us plainly and clearly in the scriptures. And so today what I want to do is I want to just share with you five things five things and five solutions on how to overcome anxiety according to the scriptures. And that's what I love about the word of God. He just, he, he just, just doesn't give us one solution for anxiety. He gives us a whole arsenal of solutions to attack anxiety, overcome anxiety, and live in the freedom and the joy and the peace that God created us to live in. Any, amen? Anyone ready for, for those? All right, good, okay. So I'm just going to jump right in. I'm not going to waste any time. I want to give you five uh, biblical uh, solutions for anxiety. And the first one is this, and there's a reason why it's the first one, because it is, at least this one is an order of priority. And the first one is the Word of God. The Word of God. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law. That's what he says. Nothing can make them stumble. It's just not ordinary peace or regular peace. It's great peace comes to those who love the word of God, who love the scriptures. John 16, Jesus says this. I have said these things to you, the oral words of Jesus, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so in this, in, in this context, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, I have said these things to you. And so at this point, obviously the New Testament, the gospel hasn't been written yet, but Jesus' very words, his oral words before they became down, before they were written down, uh, that's what he's saying. Hey, these words that I give you, everything that I've been teaching you, everything that you've been learning from me, you know, embrace these because they're going to give you peace. They're going to give you peace. They're going to help you overcome anxiety. Let me ask you a question. When Jesus was tempted by Satan after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, what did he fight Satan off with? What did he battle Satan with? The word. The word of God. You see, the word of God is powerful, and that's what Jesus did. Every time Satan would attack him, he would respond with scripture. He did that three times, and so there's power in the word of God. Here's the thing. The scriptures, it's not just a, a book of myths or fairy tales. It's not a good book and a bestseller, just a, a self-help type of book. No, no. The Bible are the very words of God, and they have power. They have power to turn your anxiety into peace. They have, they have power to change your worry into worship. They have power to take your fear and make it rock solid faith. 
the very words of Scripture. I've said it throughout this series that those who pray more, those who pray most worry least, but it's also true with the Scriptures. Those who read the most worry least. Those who read the most, those who are devouring the Scriptures worry the least. So let me ask you this question today, church. When the, anim- when the enemy attacks you with these crippling thoughts, with these anxious thoughts, what are you fighting him with? What are you fighting him with? When anxiety kicks in and your heart's beating, you're sweating and you're just, you don't know how you're gonna make it, you're no, you don't know how you're gonna press through. When you can't even breathe at times, what are you fighting him with? Are you fighting him with the power of positive thinking? Or are you fighting him with the power of the word of God, the living and active word of God? Are you battling the enemy with this Bible or with other sources that produce temporal peace? What are you battling him with? You see, in Ephesians, we have this idea of a a spiritual battle. We're always in a spiritual battle. And the scriptures give us the armor of God, right? The armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. But then he also gives us the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Have you noticed that the sword of the spirit, the word of God, is the only offensive weapon that we have? Yes. It's the only offensive weapon that we have. And I think for far too long, when it comes to anxiety, us believers, yes, we have the the helmet of salvation, we have the belt, the breastplate, and we're just deflecting arrows. We're on the defensive. But it's time to go on the offensive, to fight against the end. We are in a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual battle for your peace, for your joy, for your freedom. And we're fighting it offensively with the scriptures with the powerful word of God, with God's very, very words. You see, a good defense needs a good offense. You can't win a game only on defense, man. I hope the Cowboys have good offense and defense, all right? Let's go. We got to go on the offensive, church. On the offensive with the word of God. May I encourage you this year to meditate on the word of God. Joshua 1 Uh, Eight through nine says this, the book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How was God with Joshua? Was he holding him by the hand every time he had a battle, every time he had a circumstance, every time he had a worry? He wasn't physically there. How was he there? By Joshua meditating on the word of God day and night. Meditate. That's how, that's how God was with Joshua, through his written word. So church, may I just encourage you to meditate on the word of God. Let it just penetrate your soul. Let it captivate your mind, your spirit. Not only will I encourage you to meditate on it, but memorize it. 
Deuteronomy 11:18. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Memorize it. When you have an anxious thought, when fear kicks in, how are you going to respond if you don't have the word of God living in your soul, in your mind? How are you going to counterattack that? We counterattack it with the word of God. And so church, I encourage you this year, don't just read the word, devour it. Devour the word of God. This year, I wanna encourage you, don't just read the word, let it read you this year. Let it read you. Let the scriptures impact your heart and your mind so profoundly that you will never be the same, that you would overcome anxiety. Let it read you for a second. God, what are you telling me? What are you encouraging me with? What are you challenging me? Are you calling me to holiness? Are you calling me to greater faith? What are you wanting from my life? Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers, he says this, a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Come on, that's good. That's really good. I saw that on Pinterest or something like that. It was really good. You know you've seen that on Instagram. But I just, man, that is so powerful and so true. If your Bible is falling apart, if you're in the scriptures, most likely, generally speaking, your life isn't. Why? Because you're so rooted and grounded in the word of God that nothing and no one, not even Satan himself, can shake you. Where do I start? Let's get very practical. Where do I start? I don't know where to start. It's a new year. I have no idea where to start. Here's the easiest way to start. Get your phone. Go download the Bible, uh, Bible app. There's thousands of plans that you can start. Start there. Very simple and basic next step. If you're struggling with anxiety, type in anxiety. There's hundreds of plans for anxiety. If you're, uh, if you're struggling with, with temptation, type it in. If you're struggling with despair, type it in. If you're, whatever it is you're struggling with or whatever it is that you need, type it in. There's a plan. Start there. Start there. So number one, the word of God. Yes, order of importance. It's the most important, the word of God. Number two, you got to know your value. You have to know your value. Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 26 says this, Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You got to know your value. Jesus says, hey, look at the birds. Look at the birds. They're not working. They're not freaking out. And yet God sustains them and provides for them. You see, the birds are not huddling up. It's, guys, we need a plan. You know, it's getting crazy out there. You know, food is scarce. Let's get a plan. You know, we need to start saving. They don't do that. They just fly from tree to tree, from bush to bush, and find food. And God is the one who provides for them. And God is the one who sustains them. And so after Jesus says, hey, look at the birds, he says, he asked them a rhetorical question. Are you not of more value than they? 
The word value here in the original language means to be of more worth or superior to. Are you of more worth? Are you superior than birds? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes, of course we are. Of course you are. We are more value. Uh, you know, like I've said in the last couple of weeks, there are still some seasons in my life when anxiety kind of tries to creep into my life. And uh, I remember, and this happens all the time, actually. It happens all the time where I'm in my home office and my home office is on the front part of my house. And so I can see out in the street. And so I sit in my desk and the truth is that a lot of the anxiety that, that, that I experience uh, comes in the form of just, you know, being, being at my desk and thinking through work and thinking through a lot of things. And I mean, my office, could, you know, there's just a lot of anxiety that happens in my home office. And, and so I'm sitting there, and this happens a lot, and uh, I look out the window because I, I, I open my blinds. I just like, I like to see everything out there and, and get the sunlight. And, and outside of my window, there's a bush there, and then there's a tree. And I kid you not, it's the weirdest thing. Every time I feel anxiety creep in, I seriously look out the window to look for a bird. Because when I see that bird, I know it's a little cheesy, a little cheesy, but it's true. I remember my value. I remember that whatever I'm struggling with, what I'm worried about, I'm like, I'm more valuable and worthy than that bird. And God is going to provide for me and my family and my church and have nothing to worry about. Therefore, I'm going to trust God with everything that I have. Let me give you a hypothetical scenario, situation. Especially some of you that really deal with anxiety. You're anxious about something. Again, hypothetical. You call Jesus. He answers. Jesus, I need to meet up with you. I need to meet up with you. I just want to talk to you. I have a lot going on. I have a lot of worry, a lot of fear, just a lot of anxiety. Can we meet up? Jesus says, sure, let's meet up, but it has to be at a Starbucks because they have the best coffee. So you, you say, okay, I'll meet you there. So you walk into a Starbucks and you see Jesus at the very end of the store. You lock eyes with him. He already ordered you a coffee because he's just like that. Right, he, he's just like that. And he ordered you a venti, because he ain't cheap. He ain't, Jesus ain't cheap. And uh, so you lock eyes, you go to Jesus, and you're sitting there, and he's like, hey, tell me what's going on. And you say, well, I'm anxious about my finances. I don't even know how I'm gonna make it. I'm anxious about my marriage. I'm anxious about my health. I've gotten a lot of bad reports, or whatever it is. You tell him what you're anxious about. And Jesus responds to you with one thing. Are you more valuable than birds? Are you more worthy than birds? What will you respond? In other words, let me put it this way. Do you believe that you're valuable? Do you believe that you're worthy? Here's the thing that I've discovered over some time. That insecurity, more often than not, 
causes our anxiety. That insecurity is one of the major causes for our anxiety. How so? Because when we don't feel like we're worthy, like we don't feel like we're valuable, then we begin to doubt if God could actually care for us. Insecurity breeds and produces anxiety. God, you could care for other people. You could care for my friends and family and for those people at church, but God, me, you, you're not, little old me, you're not gonna, who am I that you would care for me? But he cares for you. And you're valuable. You're valuable enough. You're worthy enough. And here's the thing. If you struggle with insecurity, your value doesn't come from something that you do. Your value comes from what Jesus has done for you. You can't earn your value. You can't earn your worth. It is given to you by God. And his word says that you are worthy, that you are valuable, and that he cares for you. And if he cares for you, he's going to provide for you. Know your value. Can I give you a piece of homework before we move on? I think some of you today need to go bird watching. You really do. Go bird watching today, this week. Sit out a park, watch the birds. God, I am more valuable than they. And you will sustain me, you will provide for me, you will care for me, you love me. Go bird watching, go bird watching. You might look a little weird, but go word watching. Number three, prayer. Prayer. Philippians chapter four, six through seven. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice what Paul didn't say here in this passage. He didn't say, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by distracting yourself, the peace of God will come upon you. A lot of the times, and I've been there, when we're anxious, what do we like to do? We like to distract ourselves. We like to forget about the problem. We like to forget about the issue. But just because we are distracted doesn't mean that our problem is going to disappear. It's still going to be there. And a lot of times we distract ourselves. We try to forget our troubles instead of fighting our troubles. You see, he didn't say, hey, disengage your mind. But he said, engage your mind, engage your heart, engage your whole person in prayer. Because there's power in prayer. And so that's what Paul says, to pray, to pray to God. The word here in prayer is just a general word for making requests known to God. But it also carries this idea of adoration or devotion or worship. So pray. When, you're feel, when you feel anxious, pray. Again, adoration, devotion, worship. So when worried, worship. When you're worried, 
Get on your knees and worship God through prayer. Worship through your worries. Praise him in the pain. And not only does Paul stop there, he says pray and then supplication, which is this earnest sharing of our needs and problems. So you're worshiping God, but you're also going to God, before God and saying, God, I need help earnestly, right? Again, whatever matters to you matters to God. If it's important to you, it's important to him. So go before him and ask. He's your father. He's waiting for you to ask. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. A lot of times we're very quick to ask and slow to think, aren't we? Have you ever thanked, have you ever thanked God in your anxiety? I encourage you to do so. God, thank you because through this distress, you are stretching me. You are stretching my faith, God. God, thank you that because of this anxiety and worry, God, you are creating in me a greater dependence for you. Thank you, God. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving equals what? The peace of God. Prayer, supplication, plus thanksgiving equals the peace of God. You didn't know you were going to do math today, but you are. You are. The peace of God. And it, what does it do? It guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Remember where Philippians was written from. It was written from a Roman prison. And as Paul was writing, he was chained up to a guard who was guarding him, who was guarding the door. And that's the analogy that Paul's trying to get at here is that the peace of God is like a guard. That the peace of God, the peace of God guards us. And he stands over the two areas that create the most anxiety. Our heart, which has the wrong feelings, and our mind, the wrong thinkings, the wrong thinking. And so he stands guard, guarding us, protecting our heart and protecting our minds. You see, there's a great illustration in the Old Testament. Daniel, there was this decree that, you, that no one should pray to anyone except the king. And so obviously Daniel disobeys. He's like, I'm not going to pray to anybody besides God himself. And so Daniel goes and, and he prays. And I want you to notice something in Daniel's prayer. I want to read it. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10 through 11. It says this. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and he prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had, previously, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making petition and plea before God. So you see those three things in the life of Daniel. Prayer, thanksgiving, and supplication. And what happened after this? Well, Daniel got thrown in the lion's den. But he didn't go alone. The peace of God went with him. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, releases the peace of 
God that you need, that you and I need for our life. Prayer to God releases the peace of God. Prayer releases peace. Remember that, church. When you are in your darkest moments, call out to him, pray to him, thank him, worship him. And I guarantee you, it's a promise of God that his peace would overwhelm and overflow upon your heart and upon your soul. Those who pray most worry the least. Number four, humility. We need humility to overcome our anxiety. First Peter chapter five, six through seven, it says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You see, faith and trust in God require humility. Faith and trust in God require humility. And the opposite of humility is pride. And the truth is that worry is a form of pride. Why? Because we think that we can handle all of our problems on our own, in our own strength. And so when we try to handle all these issues and all of these problems and overcome anxiety on our own, we are left even more anxious. And that's a form of pride. And so church, we must humble ourselves before God, acknowledging that we are powerless and are unable to change any scenario or circumstance. But he is powerful enough to do what we can't do. We just got to trust him to do what we can't do. We got to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and acknowledge this. This is important. Get this. That God is able to care for us far greater than we can care for ourselves. But we must humble ourselves before him. How do we humble ourselves before God? The text says that we must cast all our anxieties on him, all of our anxieties before him. The word casting was used to describe uh, throwing something on someone else. It also means to transfer or trade one's concerns for another. It's a trade. It's an exchange. It's a transfer. And so in other words, Peter here is saying that the way we display humility is by trading our anxiety for his peace, uh, trading our, our anxiety for his joy and his freedom that is available to us, trading all of our cares for his care upon our lives. You see, we're very familiar with trading and exchanging, right? Uh, we, we trade our car, right? Or we trade, our, trade in or exchange our, our cell phone, uh, which I got to do here pretty soon. And I don't know if it happens to you, but every time I trade in my phone, the new one comes out like the next day. I hate when that happens, but I just hate it. But we, we know this idea of trading. When we trade something, we upgrade, right? When we trade our phone, normally, usually we get a better phone. Uh, when we trade in our car, we get a better car. That's usually what happens. And here's the thing. You got to go trading. You got to go trading too. Trading your worries, your fear, your circumstance, your anxiety, trade it, exchange it for something much better. 
That's what casting is. It's a transfer. It's a trading. What do you got to transfer to God today? And what do you got to receive from him? I'll tell you this. It's something much better. It's something much better. Peace, security, security, not like the world offers, but true security, freedom, joy, provision, hope, whatever it may be. You got to exchange that. You see, when we trade in our anxiety for his peace, he will exalt us at the proper time. His timing, not our timing. Why? Because he cares for us. Because he cares for you. Do you know that? Do you believe it? Are you embracing that, that he cares for you specifically? Yes, God cares for the world generally, but he cares for you specifically. He provide for you. This quote, I love this quote. It says, affliction either drives one into the arms of God or it severs one from God. Your distress, your affliction, is it gonna sever you from God or is it gonna drive you to the throne of grace? Exchanging all of your fear, exchanging all of your baggage, exchanging all of your brokenness for his power and beauty and peace. May it drive you, church. May it drive you to God and not away from him. Fifth and lastly is the spirit of God. The spirit of God. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I'll ask the band to come back up. I love that verse. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. You see here in this context, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And the peace that he's talking about is none other than the Holy Spirit. That's who he's talking about here the spirit of peace. As Jesus goes to the cross, is resurrected, is ascended back to the Father, he tells his disciples, hey, don't worry, because I'm going to leave with you peace, the spirit of peace. So don't be troubled. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. That's what Jesus is saying here. How do we overcome Anxiety, the spirit of God that lives in every single believer, that is indwelt into every single believer. And notice what he says. He says, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives, but my peace. You receive my peace. True peace, everlasting peace, more than enough peace great peace through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in every single believer. And so church, believer, you don't have to look for peace out there because peace lives in here. Let me say that again. You don't have to look for peace out there 
because peace lives in you. It lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And contrary to what TikTok says about the Holy Spirit, if you know, you know, the Holy Spirit is not something you activate. It's someone you surrender to. It's someone you yield to. It's someone that you give control to. And what does that mean biblically? It means being filled by the Spirit of God. Being filled by the power of the Holy Spirit is to be controlled by the Spirit, to be yielded by the Spirit. And when we're filled by the Spirit, what happens in our life? We produce what? The fruit of the Spirit. And guess what one of the fruit of the Spirit is? Peace. Peace. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You don't got to go searching for it. You don't, go, you don't have to go searching for peace. It's right here. It's right here. In you. Wherever you go. Every single thought. Every single moment. God is with you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. You remember that. Don't go looking for anything else. How do we overcome anxiety? His word, his value, prayer, humility, and the spirit of God. Now here's the thing. There is no peace of God without peace with God. There is no peace of God without peace with him. Meaning that you need a relationship with Jesus to experience his peace. Peace with God precedes the peace of God. And so if you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him. Whether you're here in person, I can never assume where you're at. Because just because you're in church doesn't mean you're in Christ. And if you're watching online, I don't know where you're at. We need, we need peace with God. How do we get peace with God? The scriptures are clear. Repent and believe. That's what Jesus preached. His first sermon, repent and believe. Repent of your sin, meaning turning away from sin and towards God in faith, knowing that his work on the cross was enough, that you don't have to earn your salvation, that salvation is a gift of God. It's by faith alone in Christ alone that we are saved. And so peace with God by repenting and placing our faith in his work on the cross and not our work. You will see that coming to Jesus changes everything. And I promise you, because scripture promises it, that you will experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding 
and may it guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. Will you stand with me today, church? What I want to do is I want to read a scripture over you and I want to pray over you. So will you just close your eyes and will you just listen to the words of a loving father? Listen to the words of a caring father. Listen to the words of a providing and sustaining father. And may the words of God encourage your soul and your spirit today. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will, will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. God, I pray for your people today that they would realize that they are valuable that they are worthy, that they matter, that they would embrace your care, embrace your peace. And God, I pray that they wouldn't be people of little faith, but of big faith, because we know that big faith kills anxiety. May we trust you with everything that we have. May we lean in onto your word through the power of your spirit. May we devour the word of God in conjunction with the spirit of the living God. And God, may we first seek your kingdom, your mission, your agenda, whatever you it is that you desire. And all of these other worries will be added to us when we first are people of mission, people of vision, people of purpose that seek after you, after reaching the lost and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. God, we love you and we thank you and we honor you in this place. And God, I pray that your peace would overflow your people like a mighty wave. Holy Spirit, comfort. Holy Spirit, give hope. Give joy, give restoration, 
your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.